and I said, divine providence, what escaped us from jail. And I said, it was me being clever. Is that right, Putin? Well, how do you know it weren't divine providence what inspired you to be clever? Anyway, I am stealing that shit. It ain't stealing. It's savage. Since when did you care? Since we're not immortal no more. We gotta take care of our immortal souls. You know you can't read. It's the Bible, you get credit for trying. <laughs> oh, I love that clip, reading the Bible upside down, and you get credit for trying, huh? We've been in a series called Text, and the whole basis of it is that we believe that God has sent us, and I know this may seem a little corny, a text message. And, and isn't it true in life that you read every text that comes to you? You may not read all your email. You may even delete a few voicemail, Right? And you, you just don't pay attention to those things. But if you get a text, you pay attention to it. And in fact, half the time you're in a serious conversation and you, you get a text and, and, and you're just you're looking at it and you're having a conversation. And we've got a whole new category of injuries now from people walking down the street reading their texts. And we've got a whole new category of, of driving safety called don't text while you drive. And it's a really big deal, isn't it? And why do you read them? Because the only people who text you unless you're constantly voting on American Idol or something like that, are the people you know. And it's personal. And the whole contention is that God has given us this text and he wants us to read it. And it's something personal. In fact, the amazing thing is that, that uh, for many of us is that we don't read it. And, and, yet, and yet think about it. Look around you this morning. Look at all the people here that this morning got up on a Sunday morning after staying up late last night and watching the organ squeak by and remain number one, right? And waking up early this morning, getting showered, getting dressed, you know, maybe having a little bit of a tussle fight with your kids possibly because maybe they stayed up late and they didn't want to get up and they'd rather play Xbox than come to church or, you know, and then maybe possibly you never, you never have this, do you? You never have an argument with your wife or your husband on the way to church, do you? That, that's, that never happens. And, and you go through all this effort and maybe even some of you dress up and come here and, and, and you, don't, you know, you'd rather be staying home. There's lots of things you could do at home and you'd, you'd probably love a pajama day at home and, and yet you, you get your clothes on, you dress up. You, you're taking this very seriously to be here, aren't you? And you're taking it very seriously to listen to a guy up here who, who, who has something strapped on the side of their face to tell you about what God has said, but, but you don't read it yourself. And, and you walk through life making all these decisions about life based upon what you hear me tell you or, or maybe what you've heard a preacher in the past tell you. And, and you know what? Preachers are not, are not infallible. You know, I was talking with someone before the first service and they were talking about the first time they ever went to a pastor and said, hey, could you teach me to study this Bible? And the pastor said, well, no, you know, I'll, I'll take care of that for you. You don't bother with it. And, and the reality is a lot of us, haven't we, been raised in traditions where, you know, we allowed the expert to do it? In fact, we've propped up that culture so much in our or we propped up that expert expert idea so much in our culture that, that we've even created this degree program for people who are qualified to preach called a master of divinity. Like you master the divinity. Isn't that funny? Isn't it strange? God has given us this personal text message and he wants you to read it. He wants us to read it. 
and, and not go through life with our, with our consciences and our guilt factors being tied to what we heard from, from a person in our Christian school or, or this preacher growing up. And, and, and we've, we've all heard enough that we have an idea that we know what's right and wrong. But we make, and we make decisions off that every time. And, and yet, a lot of those decisions aren't based upon what's actually in here. So our whole goal of this entire series has been, would you read your Bible? Today, we're going to be really practical again. I'm sorry some of you may be a little bored by this because maybe you already know this, maybe you already do this, maybe you don't. But we're just going to be really, really practical again today. And we're going to talk about getting into the habit of doing it. And then we're going to talk about some little tips on how, if you're doing it, maybe it'll come alive a little bit easier. And maybe it'll, maybe it'll change your life just a little bit more if you maybe think and do these things that we're going to talk about today. But first, we're going to talk very, very basic about, you know, if you're going to do this, you've got to pick a time, you've got to pick a place, and you've got to pick a plan. And we're just going to spend just a short amount of time on that because we all know, we all know that we don't do anything that we don't schedule, that we don't prioritize, Right? I mean, especially if you've got kids at home, you've got them in soccer, you've got them in basketball, you've got them in swimming, you've got them in music, you've got them in this, you've got homework every night, and, and your life's chaos. And, you know, it would be really ideal because if, if we could just all the time pick one designated time, but the reality is that, you know, for me, I don't know if you're like, if you're like me, some nights I'm up till 11 midnight trying to help kids with homework or, or trying to get work done or, or just unwinding from a stressful day, and other times I'm to bed at 9.30, and, and, and you know, so it's not like, it's not like I can... Here, here's what I always heard when I was growing up. I always heard that it was more spiritual to get up at 6 a.m. to meet with God than it was to meet with him later in life, later in time. But the reality is you need to plan whatever time. There's no more spiritual time than another. I'm actually more of a night person. I actually connect God with God more a lot of times at night. But, but now because of the chaos of kids, I try to do it earlier in the morning just simply because life dictates that's one of the only times that I can find time. So just pick a time. What works for you? Maybe it's not even the same every day. Maybe it's two or three times a week or four times a week. Just just pick a time and make a priority of doing it. And then a lot of people who find a real strong connection with God through reading the Bible will also pick a place. They'll find a place that they, they connect with God in. And maybe some of you have this beautiful place where you've got these beautiful woods. And I remember, I remember during the summers when we lived in Oregon, uh, Wendy's favorite place was on the back porch on the swing looking at these 200-foot tall Douglas firs. And, and you know, maybe, you've got a, maybe you've got some woods or, or you've got a place like that or you've got a sunroom that you just love to go sit just to relax. But when you pick a place, pick a place that's not associated, if you can, with your work and not associated with your to-do lists during the day. Just try to get a neutral place so that when you go there, you know and there's something about that physical place that you're just deciding, this is where I connect with God. And here's just another little tip about that connection point. You know what? We all worry about the to-do stuff. Right? So if you're going to take your Bible and you're going to go there, take this little sticky note pad of paper or whatever with you and a pen and set it off to the side. And every time a to-do thing comes up in your mind like, oh, man, I can't believe I didn't do that email for work or, or man, i got to call this person. You know, if you don't have something over there to write it down and then leave it there, 
you're going to be spending the rest of your time reading going, oh, I can't forget that, I can't forget that, I can't forget that. And you're not going to read it. You're not going to understand anything you read. So just take something with you to take all those to-dos that pop in your mind. Don't feel guilty. It's not like, oh, God, sorry, I, I thought about my to-do list today, and that means I, di- I disrespected you. It's, that's, that's baloney. Just put it off to the side. Have a system, have a, have a place that helps you connect. And then, and then pick a plan. We're going to spend time with that. And for this purpose of today, we killed a tree for you. Aren't you great, grateful? So you should have gotten lots of handouts coming in. And, uh, and let's, let's take a look at these plans. And I'm going to just run through them quickly and explain what they are. And then I want you to pick a plan and start reading. Okay? Unashamed, I want you to pick one of these plans and I want you to start reading. Okay? The first one, the totally white page front. You know, if you're a person especially who, you know, you believe in God, you, you're just not 100% sure about Jesus yet, this is a great plan for you. Or, or if you've just never read all of the Gospels and you just really have no idea what Jesus' teaching is all about, maybe you've decided to follow him, but you just have no idea what the teaching is all about, this is a good plan for you. This is a 30 days with Jesus plan. And this one's not laid out in a way you know that, that reads all of everything Jesus did. It's, it doesn't read all the text of every one of the Gospels. Basically what it's done, it, what they're doing, is they're breaking it down by the story and the major activity of Jesus. So you even get to start in the Old Testament with Isaiah 53, a major prophecy about who Jesus is, and then you get to to jump forward and read how he fulfilled so many of those prophecies given, you know, 600, 800 years before his time. And, and, And the other interesting thing that comes out in this is you get to look at some of his parables and some of his stories. And, and you'll see that some of them are found both like in Matthew or Mark or Luke and Mark. They're found in two different settings. And, and here's the deal. The Gospels cover, most of what they cover is the three years of Jesus' ministry. You get a little bit of his early life in there, but basically it's almost the entire focus is on the three years of his ministry. And Jesus preached some of these stories and some of these messages multiple times. And so the interesting thing is, for instance, you get to look in one, in one uh, gospel account, you get to look at one sermon where Jesus preaches many things similar, and it's called Sermon on the Mount. And then you get to go over in Luke, and you get to read this place in Luke where it says the Sermon on the Plain. And he gave kind of the same message, but he said it a little bit different both places. And, and honestly, sometimes when people read the Gospels, they look at the differences in the stories or the differences in the accounts, and they go, oh, that just proves it wasn't accurate. No, it's like, it's like the difference between the 930 service and the 11 service. You know what? If you're 11 service, i got to tell you, you probably get the better dose of what I communicate because usually I made all my mistakes in 930, and I stumbled over my words, and I, and I forgot things, and usually I remember by 11 to actually say something that, that, that helps it make sense. In something, and, and that's you know the, the little bit of that's the same way. Jesus Jesus preaches it in different and different settings, and some of that's because Jesus' style of teaching was very interactive. He didn't sit down a lot of times and write out his messages and plan them ahead of time. They were kind of walking through a crowd, walking through the day, and and he'd bump into somebody and they'd have a question, and and he'd go, "Well, here's a story that relates to that." And then somebody else would have a question. So some of the differences even in the stories can be accounted to the fact that maybe the question was slightly different. 
So Jesus is emphasizing something slightly different in the way he tells his story and the truth. It's not that it's inaccurately recorded. It's just different contexts. Or, or sometimes it is the same exact sermon and you've got two different people looking at it. And how many times can you walk in here and, and if you've got a husband and wife, maybe, you're, maybe the wife walks out going, that really spoke to me. And the husband walks out and says, that really spoke to me. And that's not exactly the same thing, right? But it still is accurate. And so you get to see those stories. And this plan is wonderful because you just get to see who Jesus really is, what he did, and, and some of the greatest stories that he told. But, but it doesn't take you all the way through. So if you want to read all the Gospels, here's another plan. And it's on this one with a little kind of fun little background. And it's the first one there, 21 Days with Jesus. And, and in 21 days, you can read all the way through the Gospels and get the whole picture of everything surrounding Jesus and the people around him and the events that are recorded there. And, uh, and then there's another plan right below that on here. Here, maybe, maybe you want to get a broader exposure. And, and the plan right below that is, is titled the Sampling Scripture in 10 Weeks Plan. And this is a 10-week plan that it's really nice and it's laid out, especially for those of you who are, have a real high guilt factor and performance orientation, the people who would get 97s, 98s on their tests and argue with the teacher over the last two points, you know, you type of people who do that kind of thing. Um, this is a great plan for that because our tendency when we read these plans is that we tend to, we say, okay, we're going to commit to 30 days with Jesus. And then we miss a day or two and, and we go... Oh, crud. And then we get to day 40 or day 50, and we still haven't completed our 30 days with Jesus. And we're going, oh, God, you must really hate me for not spending time with you. And then we bag the plan, right? So here's, here's for all you competitive people, all you people who, if you get one or two days behind, can't stand it. This plan is built by week. And so what this plan is going to do is it's going to give you 25 chapters in Genesis to read during week one. And you may have a Monday night where you got nothing to do and you got two hours and you may read all 25 chapters and you're done. And you can feel great about the week. You can go, I'm ahead. I feel good. Or you can read it a little bit each day or you can wait until Sunday. And But here's the deal. This is not a competition. This is about reading a text message from God. This is about getting to know God, getting to know what he says instead of trusting all these cute phrases that we hear that, that we think preachers have said and we think the Bible says but don't really say it and the things that make us make decisions about finances and guilt and relationships and all that kind of stuff. You get to read it yourself. And the 10-week plan will take you through the major stories, the major personalities, and the major overarching themes of the Bible in 10 weeks. Now, you won't read the whole thing. It's going to take you through selected things. So if you just never really got all the core stories of the Bible, this is a great plan for you to start with in doing that. And, again, it helps with the guilt factor. So any, any one of these first three plans... You know, if you don't have a whole lot of exposure to reading the whole Bible, if you don't have a lot of exposure to, to the New Testament or Jesus' teaching, I would recommend these plans. In fact, I would recommend these three plans for you and your children, middle school age and up. Now, the 10-week plan that does a little bit, you know, Genesis 1 through 25, you may want to get the children's Bible out for kids younger than middle school and sanitize a couple stories because the reality is the Bible is very raw. And as you read the Bible, I want you to think about this. The Bible is not necessarily the story of man's endeavor to find God. It's the story of God trying to redeem people. 
And so you're going to see some people who did things that you go, how could they ever do that? And if you focus on them as being models of everything we should be, you're going to go, bag this whole thing, I'm out the door. It's the story of how God interacts with them that's the main point. Not their, not their story. And you're going to love this, but it's raw. It's, it's real. It's, it's, it's going to deal with things that you're, you're probably amazed that it deals with if you haven't read it. Okay, so here's a couple more plans. This plan. Oh, wrong one, sorry. This one. You got this little thing? This is actually a Bible reading plan that we've been promoting for a while here, and you will find these bookmarks updated every two months out on the little rack in the lobby. What this plan does is it takes you through the Old Testament once every two years, and it takes you through the New Testament every year. And it's just it's laid out real simple as a bookmark. So you every two months, you know, so this one goes through December, January. The week before January, there'll be a bunch of new ones out there. You just pick it up. You stick this in your Bible. If you got your kids or whatever, you pick a few up for them, and you take it home and say, stick this in your Bible. And here's your plan. Just read this. And, and again, you know what? If you get a day or two behind, don't bother catching up. Just start on that day. Just keep going, unless there's a really, really great story you just can't. Then, then wait till you get in something like, uh, you know, uh, Chronicles or Numbers when they're trying to do all the genealogies and skip that and catch up, okay? I, that, that stuff, it's amazing how fast you can read nine chapters in Chronicles when they're doing all the, all the genealogies. It's like, whew, wow. Okay? So here's a couple other plans. Here's, uh, here's uh, on this one, sorry, the one with the background. If you, if you just really need to really need to be a person who does things really neat and orderly and you can't handle every other's in life, so you just can't handle taking two years to read something, you just got to do it every year, here's a through the Bible in one year plan. And this one as well is laid out in a weekly format, so you're not going to be as susceptible to getting behind a couple days and worrying about it, okay? And then there's another, there's another plan here that is a 61-day plan. See, we're giving you every possible option you could ever want. And, and if, you, if you don't think we are, then you could Google Bible reading plans online. You could probably find 20 dozen others. But here's another plan. 61 days through the major people and major stories of the Bible. So if you can't handle 10 weeks, all you can handle is 6. What's 6 days? 61 days. That's actually, no, so, so 9 weeks. Okay. Okay, sorry, 9 weeks. If you can't handle 10 weeks, this is a 9-week plan to get through all the core stories of the Bible, okay? So here's the point. Pick a plan. Pick one. And if you're a person here, let me, let me just address if there's anybody here who's just really not sure about the Bible because you, you, you've read a little bit and you see all these miracles and you go, oh, I don't really believe in all those miracles. I don't, I don't think that could happen. I have a plan just for you as well, okay? It's a plan that I did for years, years, it's just simply this. It's called the Proverbs plan. There's this wonderful book in the Old Testament written by King Solomon, who in his day was, empire, was the ruler of one of the greatest empires in the world and was considered, history records him as one of the wisest to, men to ever live. People from all nations, wise men from all nations, from, from Persia, from Egypt, from, from Greece, from all over, traveled 
hundreds of hundreds and even thousands of miles to go sit with this guy and listen to him because of his wisdom. And Proverbs is just this, this book as well that if you've got ADHD and you just can't handle reading a whole chapter because you get bored, you can't, you can't follow that long, it's a random book too. You can read one chapter and in one chapter you might deal with relationships, you might deal with finances, you might deal with leadership, you might deal with, with business issues, you might deal with parenting issues and you just have like, it, it just kind of randomly throws all these sayings together and it's an amazing book and there's 30 one chapters. And so basically the plan is this. You don't, you don't even need to write it down. That's the reason you don't have it written down. You just read whatever chapter the day of the month is. Right? And you come back around to it. And I, and I, and I swear, you can read this book for your entire life every month and you would get something new out of it every month. Because the sayings are just so wise and so interesting and it deals with everything you can imagine about life. It deals with temptation. It deals with success. It deals with how you deal with conflict. There's so much in there to be gleaned. And I got to tell you, I hope that, I hope that if you take that plan that you'll just, you'll find it so interesting that you'll just decide to read more. And that's okay if you decide to read more. We're really okay if you read more of the Bible. So, um, there's one other plan I want to highlight to you, but you don't have it in, in paper. Actually, two other plans. One is a chronological plan, and the reason we didn't give you that in paper is because it would probably be about 10 of these pages, and if you decided to do it that way, you'd be taking a normal Bible, and on your daily reading, you would be going, okay, i got to read five verses here, uh, and then i got to go over here, and i got to read ten verses here, and oh, oh, let's go back here, that i got five chapters, and basically, if you did a chronological plan, off of a sheet of paper, you would be spending half of your time reading by flipping pages to find what you're going to read. So here's the deal. We talked last week about how the Bible is not laid out in chronological order. And that's one of the reasons why it sometimes is confusing for people to read. And so we gave you a little cheat sheet that you could use as a bookmark in your Bible so that when you're reading, you could, you could kind of know where things line up and help it make sense. But if you want to read the Bible through chronologically, go buy a chronological Bible where scholars have done their best job that they possibly could of reordering everything, even down to chapters and verses mixed in, so you can read it in the proximate order it happened. And most of those Bibles come with a reading plan. And again, don't, you know, don't worry about it. I mean, they have a one-year reading plan. I, I know someone who took seven years to read a one-year Bible, right? That's fine. Who cares? All right? Just, just read it. Here's the deal. If you're one of the people who hasn't read the Bible through all the way, I would encourage you to pick one of these plans that we've talked about here to start reading for distance where you get exposed to the major teachings, major thinking, get exposed to the entire Bible. But if you're a person who's done that a number of times, then here's a plan I want to suggest for you. It's more of a plan of reading for depth. And this plan is one where you just talk basically about reading section by section. And here's what I mean by a section. If you're reading in, in First and Second Samuel a story about David, a section might be, three, four chapters, because there's some really long stories in there about David. But then you might pop over the next time in some of your reading to, let's say, 1 Corinthians. And 1 Corinthians is a book that Paul wrote, and he's, he, he, he likes to go off on some tangents there. And so a section there might be he talks about 
how to deal with sin and forgiveness when somebody sins against you here. And, and you, so you deal almost thought by thought. And so one day you may be reading four or five chapters. Another day you may be reading two verses. And allow yourself to just read thought by thought and then try to understand it. Try to focus on what it means and, 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 and glean from it. And here's, here's where I want to leave you, though, on that section. I just want you to pick a time. If picking a place helps you concentrate and focus, pick a place and pick a plan and do it. I can't stress that any more important. You will never, you'll get into this and you'll realize there's so much in there that you'll go, why did I just sit and listen to these preachers try to tell me what to do for years instead of reading this? Because you'll get so much more out of it. But here, if you don't mind, the rest of the message, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about so just some tips that might help you make it more meaningful for you because it has to be meaningful for you and has to be personal. So here, here's the first tip. Read using the bump into something philosophy. Even if you're trying to read for distance and get through the whole Bible, let's, let's not make that the primary goal. Let's make the primary goal read until you bump into something. And here's what I mean by that. Some days you're going to be dealing with something and you're going to read and you're going to get into it a little bit and you're going, to, you're going to read something and it's going to go, wow, this prophet from 2,500 years ago, 3,000 years ago just said something that speaks exactly to what I've been wrestling with this week. And that's going to step out. So uh, that's going to, that's going to kind of, you're going to bump into that and it's going to stop you in your tracks and you're going to think about it. And now, you know, it's not always going to be that that heavy and that amazing and there's going to be other times where you're going to just be reading and and you're you're going to read in something you go hmm you know that's interesting i was thinking about that i was reading a book that kind of talked about that the other day and it's not really one of those wows that pop out you but but just find something that bumps into you and you start going that that kind of relates to my life and then just take some time, soak in it. You know, there's sometimes, even if it's a story, I'll actually sit back and I'll try to visualize, okay, here's this conflict situation going on and these leaders are wrestling with this or Jesus is saying this. What would it be like if I were a fly on the wall? What would be going on? What would I be smelling? What would I be seeing? What would I be hearing? What would I be feeling? I mean, some of the, con- some of the dialogue is really intense. If I were there, what would I be feeling? And just try to let it, let it soak in and... And for some of you, I, I want to encourage you, if you've never done this, to personalize your Bible. That means writing in it. And some of you were raised in traditions, like, like I was to a certain extent for a while, where you were taught this Bible, this book is a sacred thing, and how could we ever write in it? How could we do this? And, and i got, I got to tell you, here's, here's the deal. If you're one of those people, then i got to bet here. I, I bet I know your story. I'll bet you have a beautiful version of this sitting on your coffee table on your books, or, on your, or on your bookshelf somewhere at home. I'll bet you revere it so much that you've never read it. And it's a centerpiece. It's one of those things you just look at. You know, if this is a text message, if this is something personal, then let's make it personal. And here's how you make it personal. You know, you go through and you start highlighting. When you bump into things, you, 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 you highlight them. Maybe you're a real artistic person and you like colors and all sorts of stuff. So you have five different colors. And, and maybe you're going through a time in your life where you lost your job right now. Maybe you lost your job. And as you're reading through, you decide everything that has to do with God's provision, everything that has to do with God's, God's call on my life and discovering purpose, I'm going to highlight that in red. 
because I'm going through this right now. And, or, or maybe you're just going to take each thought and you're going to be more systematic and you say, okay, all of these types of thoughts, I'm going to make this color or that color. It doesn't matter what you do. It's your system. There's not, it's, not, it's not like a, a graded system. And so if you end up making something red that should be green, who cares, okay? Or, or, or maybe you're like me and sometimes I actually decide not to journal when I read the Bible because I'd rather take my wide margin Bible at home and I'd rather underline stuff and I'd like to write notes on the side. And so as you do that, here's, here's what happens. You know, you're going through this job change or you're going through this crisis in a relationship and there's stuff in there that bumps out and you, and you, and you date it and you say, God, I was going through this or, or, you, or you date it and say, God, this verse speaks to me and I, I'm going to pray this. I'm going to ask you to do this. And, and here's, what's, here's, here's the beauty of that. It, it becomes something so much more alive to you because I can guarantee at some point in your life, even if you felt like God spoke to you now, that two, three weeks or two, three months or a year from now, you're going to be reading the Bible in another, in another point where you're asking God to speak to you strongly and, and you're not going to be hearing anything. And you're going to go, where's God? I don't understand why he's answering this. And, and as you're reading through the Bible, through your reading plan, you're going to run into these little highlights of when he spoke to you like this. And it's, it's just going to be this reminder that, yeah, God, you really were faithful. That was a really rough time when I was going through my divorce. And, and look at all these scriptures you spoke to me and how you, how you healed me and how you helped me forgive and how good that's been for me and my relationship with my kids or, or, or whatever. And, and you're going to go through this dry time and go, okay, God, I can hang in here. I can do this because this is more than just words on paper. It's something that's alive and, and here's something else I want to recommend. And I, and I, I was challenged by this a little bit this last week because I don't do this a lot anymore. I did this a lot for uh, the first 15 years of the time I was following Christ. I'd spent a lot of time, when I'd run into those really wow, wow statements that would just bump, I would actually write them down and I'd memorize them. And there's lots of different ways to memorize them. You know, I used to, I had some friends and I used to do this a little bit as well, where you'd, you'd write them on a three by five card and you'd stick them in your pocket with all your mints that you have to reach in because I have bad breath and all this kind of stuff. And so when you reach into your pocket, you feel those cards and, and you either, if you've got it memorized, you, have, you just mentally go over it in your mind as, a, as another rehearsal. If you don't, you just pull it out and quick review it, and then you stick it back in your pocket. Or, or another guy, we're going to be we're going to be having a special treat here in a second. So, uh, you're going to have a hard time listening to me with all this cuteness. But we'll, we'll wrap up here in a second. I have another guy who had memorized by actually every stoplight on his commute. He'd pull out a card and he'd read it and hopefully get done before everybody started honking at him. Or, you know, the, the sticky notes on your mirror, or the sticky notes on your computer monitor, or, or those types of things. Or, or even what about this? How many of you run and have a playlist that you run with? What about, recording the, what about recording the scripture you want to memorize and making it a part of that playlist? So you get a song and then you get the scripture. Because, because here's what I can tell you. How many of you? How many of you struggle with anxiety? I, I, I am. I'm typically a person who doesn't have a lot of anxiety and worry. But I got to tell you, this last week I was really struggling with it in a couple areas. And there's this verse I memorized 25, 30 years ago that came back to me out of First Peter 5, and it says this: it "says Cast all your anxiety on Him, for He cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you." When you're in the midst of worry, and you see, really, worry, anxiety is an indication that we have not surrendered control of an area to God. It's an it's, it's indication that we don't trust 
God in an area. And so memorizing this verse where I get to say, I'm going to cast my care. Sometimes I would even physically during the worst times, I would, I would, because I feel it in my stomach, I feel it in my shoulders, I would just go cast it. And I would just say, God, you care for me. God, you care for me. And remind yourself that he cares for you. Or, or how many of you on your way to church this morning probably said, if God only knew, if, or God knows what I do, and I can't believe he accepts me, or if the people around me only knew what I had done, they would reject me. And then you run into a verse in Romans 8 that says, there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. None. No condemnation for those who are in Jesus. And when you're driving to church and you go, if they only knew they would reject me because my boss rejected me, my parents rejected me, my coach rejected me, everybody condemned me. But if I'm in Jesus, there's no condemnation because he's forgiven me. And he loves me and he couldn't love me any more or any less, regardless of what I did last night. Here's what I want you to hear most today. This is a living word from Jesus. It's not just words on paper. But when we read it, God wants to speak to us just as he speaks to us, as other people speak to us through a text message. But we can't understand it if we don't pick a time, pick a place, and pick a plan and spend time with Him. And now would you just enjoy the kids as they, as they sing to us a song they've been learning about the place of the Bible in their life. Good job. Hey, you know what? Here's the point. You may not believe that. You may not be 100% convinced that's the absolute authority. But I'll bet if you read it, I bet God will meet you there, and I bet you will believe it in the end. Here's the deal, too. You know, as you read the book, you may end up having a whole lot of questions that are answered, and you may have a whole lot of questions that are raised because you read it and you go, man, what about this, God? I want to invite you to submit those questions to me in email form or on your prayer card, on your card, or in the next few weeks we're going to actually have stuffers in the, in the bulletin as well because after the first of the year we're going to be doing a series called Questions. It's going to be based on your questions. Your questions about what does God think about this? What is God, what, what about this? And we're going to take that series, and I'm guessing we'll probably have enough questions to probably do a couple mini-series of that and all the way till Easter. And uh, the other thing I want to bring your attention to is that, again, the whole theme of this message is that it's not just about answers. The reality is that most of us don't come to faith decisions because we get all of our questions answered. The reality is most of us come to faith decisions because we experience God and it becomes personal. And that's going to be the theme of our December. So I want to encourage you uh, to, throughout December, invite people for Sunday lunch who have been seekers asking you questions about God, aren't really sure, and ask them to maybe come to Sunday lunch and come to church with you. We're going to be respectful. We're not going to force anybody to believe anything. We don't think we have to do that. If you will seek God, he will prove himself to you. And we're going to have that tone throughout. But it's going to be a great series talking about how we make faith decisions 
And I think for those of your friends who are ready to hear it, who may not know, have faith yet in God, I think it's going to be a great series for them to come join you for a day and go out to lunch with you afterwards and have a great Christmas. So would you, would you be praying about that with your friends and invite them and see if they'll come and let's make this a great Christmas season as well. So pick a place, pick a time, and pick what? Pick a plan. If you came here and uh, have a prayer need, we'd love to pray for you. If you would like to stay around and, and join in praying for Pat and Ron, we'd love to have you do that. Have a great week. God bless.